Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know, running out of money is every retiree's worst nightmare. So good news, we were going to cover some issues today to help make sure that does not happen to you. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative, 30-plus years in the business. You can find him at Silverleaf Financial. Find his website at silverleaffinancial.com. He's an author, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care, and uh, so much more. Hi, Kevin. How's things? Oh, things are great. You know, it's a it's a better week in the market. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. Well, I mean, again, you know, you talk about uh, everybody's worst fear. Well, I think for, certainly from a retiree standpoint, yeah, running out of money. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. And, and that's something that you, you know, that you help people do and you have been doing for more than 30 years. You have seen in that time, Kevin, you've seen ups, downs, sideways, uh, you know, backtrack. <laughs> you've seen a <laughs> no lot question. of things out there. And so this this time it's, you know, I mean, it might be a little bit different, but you're still making those same kinds of decisions. Yes. that And that's 100 percent right. And, and yeah, I started I started in the business in 1990. So, uh, you know, as we like to say, this is not my first rodeo. We've been through it before. You know, most most of these things, most of these issues they aren't new in terms of what people are trying to accomplish, right? Investors want to, you want to grow your portfolio. You want to try to avoid the big losses. And when you're getting into retirement, you want to make sure you've got enough money to last a lifetime, but you don't want to be scraping by. You don't want to be worried about it. You want to be confident that you can do what you want to do when you want to do it. Right? Yes. And, and so that is definitely one of the most important things we look at. A lot of times, you know, when I sit down with somebody, uh, a lot of people will come in in their early sixties, let's say, and, and, you know, and they're ready to retire. And, and I understand that. I'm, you know, <laughs> I understand that I'm, I'll, I'll be ready to retire myself too. Um, you know, but a lot of times what I suggest is, you know, maybe if you work another six months, maybe a year, maybe two, three years, it can make a big, big difference in your retirement plan. Sure. Because you got, you know, because you got to think, 
you know, one more year working, that's okay. First of all, it's one year that you're not spending down your retirement money, right? Yes. And, and it's one more year that you're making money adding to it. So it, it's generally a difference of at least a hundred thousand uh, dollars, you know, depending on depending on a person's individual situation. But it can be a significant difference, and can make a big difference with with being comfortable in your retirement, as opposed to having to worry about you know what happens if inflation keeps on ticking along the way it is, right? Yeah. I mean, I I think retirees, if I was retired and I was just barely getting by, I'd probably be freaking out a little bit right now, looking at inflation going up eight eight and a half percent, you know. I think if you plan on traveling and you see how much more expensive travel has become, maybe that maybe now you've got to change your plans, right? But how many of us want to get into retirement thinking we're going to be able to do these things? And now because of some unforeseen event, now we've got to alter our retirement. Now you can't do what you thought you could do. And now you don't have as much money as you thought you had because inflation, right? Right. So so that's where that's where you want to have a good relationship with your advisor, so you can sit down, you can talk about these issues, and you can address them and come up with solutions for your situation that make sure that you can get where you want to be when you want to be there. And that's what any good advisor is going to do, and that's what I'm going to suggest we do when we sit down. Let's take a look at all your assets, look at all your sources of income, and then we want to figure out what we can do to you know, minimize your taxes, minimize the risk, uh, and make sure that you've got the cash flow that you need. And so... One mistake I think that people do make, uh, especially when we have a volatile market, is they want to take all the money out of the market and go to cash. Okay, generally speaking, that's one of the worst moves you can make um, because typically what happens, like the markets we've had this year, you know, we've had some th this year. You know, Steve, I don't know if you heard it, but the Nasdaq 100. Uh, what I've heard is that it is off to its worst start in history. Oh my goodness. Worst we're starting ever. In other words, the beginning, the year to date so far, okay, the NASDAQ 100 has declined more uh, than I believe any other year in history. Um, and if you remember, you know, last couple of weeks, we were talking about, you know, the stock markets uh, have, have had seven or eight weeks on a weekly closing basis. So where the markets close every Friday. Uh, so the last seven or eight weekly closes have all been lower. That's one of the longest streaks for the overall indexes going back decades. All right. And what that tells me, guys, is that those are probably good opportunities to be buying. And it doesn't mean you put everything in all at once. What I'm doing and what I've been telling people is if you have, I don't know, let's say you've got 100,000 to keep it simple, maybe you put in a third of it, put in 30, 35 grand here, all right? Just to get in there in case this is the bottom, nobody knows. That, that, that's one of the questions we always get is, well, is this the bottom? Guys, nobody knows, nobody. I don't care, Warren Buffett doesn't know, Peter Lynch doesn't know, you know Elon Musk doesn't know. All right. These are very wealthy people, but nobody can anticipate the bottom in the market. Just like just like you, nobody knows the top of the market. Right. Sure. Did anybody sit, did anyone see a banner or a commercial or a headline or a news report saying, hey, guys, top of the market, take your money out. No, it's because it's because nobody knows because nobody knows. Nobody knows. And the fact is, you know, our markets have investors from all around the world. Right. All around the world. You've got institutions like pension plans and insurance companies. Uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies investing their cash surplus. You've got all sorts of investors, not to mention all the retail investors, individual investors, and you can't possibly anticipate, nobody can anticipate the moves of all these millions and millions of people and institutions all around the globe. And that's what makes it a market, right? Yeah. All right. But, you know, but what we do know is that typically the worst time to get out of the market is, is after we've had the correction. You know, if you wanted to go to cash, the time to have done it would have been would be at a market high, 
You know, like last year we were talking and we talk in the show and I talk about, yeah, we've hit like 25, 30, 40, 50 record highs for the year. And, and everybody that I met, everybody that I sat down with, I told everybody, no one should be surprised if we see a correction and a drop in the market. Because last year we had, what, a 26 or 27% gain. In the last three years, I think the market doubled. That's just phenomenal performance that is far above what we've seen in the past, right? Yeah. And so, so when you see that, you know, you, you need to step back and say, you know what? We're going to have a correction here at some point. We never know when it's going to come. All right. But we've had one now. The markets are down 20%, the S&P roughly. Uh, NASDAQ went down almost 30% from its highs. And, and so what, what I know for, to me, in my opinion, is that these are generally good times to be a buyer. And, and so on last week's show, I mentioned NVIDIA. I said I liked NVIDIA at, uh, what, around 170 or so. Um, and they came out with numbers that were below expectations, but now the stock has rallied and gone higher, okay? And to me, that is one of the signs of, that is a sign of a market bottom. It's not a guarantee, but it's a good sign if we've seen a bottom on that position when they have lousy news and the stock goes higher, all right? Just like the opposite is also true. If a stock a company comes out and reports good news and it goes lower, that's not good, right? And we've had a lot of that lately, right? And sure. so I, I, I think in the case of NVIDIA, you know, the symbol is NVDA. This is not a stock for the, this is not for the faint of heart, all right? Because this stock is more, it's probably twice as volatile as the S&P index. So understand if you are looking at something like this, this is just something I want to mention because I want people, uh, uh, I want everybody to be able to look back and say, hey, Kevin said this, you know, a month, two months, three months, six months ago. Was that a good recommendation or not? So that's the reason I go on record. That's why I want to go on record and I want to establish a record uh, that we can go back and point to as evidence and saying, was I right or was I wrong? And, and I think that's a good way to evaluate any advisor that you're thinking about doing business with. Sure. Is, you know, right? See what they've done. What are they suggesting? Look back in history, uh, or if they've got clients that are willing to talk to you in a private one-on-one -on -one conversation, okay, ask any, any potential advisor, do they have clients that are willing to talk to them one-on-one -on -one privately, all right? And if you'd like to talk to me, the answer is yes. I do have clients willing to have a private one-on-one -on -one conversation with you. One of my clients has been with me for 11 years now in Arizona since I came here. Me and my wife moved here in 2011, um, and he was one of the first, one of the first clients that I met. And he has offered to have a conversation with anybody that's interested to find out what it's like working with me. And, and so in my opinion, that is something very valuable that you can get, uh, uh, you, you know, you can kind of pick somebody's brain that's got firsthand experience with working with me. Uh, and I think that'd be a good tool for you guys to utilize if you're considering any advisor. Sure. Uh, folks, if you'd like to reach out to Kevin, it's 800-975-6717. Or you can just email him via the website. Just go to silverleaffinancial.com. Right there on the homepage, you can you can uh, connect with Kevin that way. Uh, you know, we're talking about cash, and cash is king. We always hear that. Um, you know, it's like, a, it's like a mantra from Dave Ramsey, right? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, but again, but there are differing opinions, and and uh, we've got uh, some. Uh, we've got a guy. His name is Meb Faber. He's co-founder and CIO of Cambria Investment Management, and he's got some thoughts on this whole cash thing. But if you look at cash on an after-inflation basis, so going mm -hmm. back for the past 100 years, cash is lost, and cash meaning T-bills. So not not just putting things under the mattress, but actually putting in T-bills. After inflation, at one point, you lose half, okay? And so we did a, a post that said you have to invest, and it could be a global portfolio. 
It could be stocks, bonds, and we're saying that's struggling this year. And the third missing piece that almost no one has is real assets like commodities. Um, that portfolio historically has been safer, less volatile, and a lower drawdown than cash has been over time. What do you think, Kevin? I mean, does he, he make sense? Okay, Steve, I got to say, I did not hear a word on my end. Oh, it was really? just blank, blank, blank space for 30 seconds. Huh. So I don't what? know if that came through or not. I was well, just waiting I got to see it what happened. Here. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, that's what I was trying to figure out. I don't know what listeners would hear. Well, they did hear it because I, rec I recorded it. I could hear it on my end. You could. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's yeah. there. Um, do you want to, I mean, I can, no, I, I, I can jump in. I just don't have any idea how to comment. Cause I didn't hear it. Oh, well, he said basically, um, that, well, let's just get to the end here. This is Berkeley has been safer, less volatile and a lower drawdown is real assets like commodities. Okay. Um, so what he's saying is, is opposed to cash. He's saying commodities are probably a better way to go and they have performed better than cash over time. This is true. This is true. Yes. And real. so that's what he's so that's what he's saying. And so I, I'll okay. just ask you the question. So, Kevin, okay. I mean, the, does he making sense there? Does that make sense to you? you? You know what? It does make sense to me for a piece of a portfolio. Um, you know, just like anything else, I would never go all or none into anything. Uh, but but he's but he's right. No question. And, and, and those have been some of the areas that have been working for us, actually. Um, you, you know, anybody that's listened to the show in the past, uh, you might know that I started running a, a, a managing a portfolio that I call Pure Growth. Uh, not quite two years ago, it was July of 20, I started it. And, and it's based on the, um, basically I'm copying the most successful investors out there. And guys like Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, William O'Neill, they started Investors Business Daily. Uh, these guys all have what they call rules and, and are essentially common underlying denominators or metrics that they use to measure a company that you can filter on, on uh, you can screen for these companies that have, let's say a strong cash flow or rising cash flow, rising you know, revenue growing at such a such a percentage, earnings growth at a certain percentage, things like that, that you can put in and you can screen companies and then your computer will spit out the ones, you know, that that meet those criterion. And, and it's been very successful. So we call it rules based investing. And it, what it does is it takes the emotion out because we're making a decision based on these pre-established rules from very successful investors. And I and, and the uh, peer growth portfolio utilizing the strategy we achieved a 35% net return in 2021, and we're beating the market again this year. Uh, and let me clarify, that does not mean we are profitable. It means we're break even as of right now. Uh, and I say beating the market because the market set down anywhere from 15 to 30%, depending on the index you look at. So on a relative basis, we're outperforming uh, by double digits. Uh, and the way that we're doing it is actually through some, co through some companies, like, uh, like mentioned in that clip, that are that are tied to the commodities or the energy space. Uh, so, for instance, Apache. The symbol is APA. Uh, I believe we picked that up in I want to say November of 21, and we're up 65% on that, guys, right now. And we still I still have it. We still own it. Uh, Matson M-A-T-X is the symbol we picked up last July, and that's about a 35% profit or so, uh, which is one of my longer term holds. Typically, this portfolio doesn't hold that long. Uh, but it's still working and it still comes, it's still screening as a buy. And so that's how I decide whether to buy or sell. If, if I'm holding on to it, as long as all of my factors say that it's a buy, I'm holding on to it uh, unless something happens that it breaks down or goes against me. And what I'm trying to do is when we have a loss, we try to keep that at a minimum. In other words, I try to keep a loss less than 10% if possible. 
And so by limiting your losses and, and harvesting the gains, letting those gains run, let them go. A lot of times people make a mistake and they sell the winners and they hold on to the losers because they don't want to take a loss. And now you wind up with a portfolio of losers. All right. So what I've had success with, keep the losses to a minimum and let the winners grow. And I believe that's a, that's a recipe for beating the market. But to me, to beat the market, you've got to be concentrated. This portfolio is only between five and 10 stocks. And it's, it's set up and I did this to show people to try to demonstrate that I do have a successful method for choosing stocks. And those stocks can be a part of your portfolio. By no means am I saying this should be all of your portfolio. I just did it, as I mentioned, to demonstrate that I can successfully pick a stock and, and I can choose a good entry and exit point. And I believe so far that's working out pretty well. Right. And, and again, you mentioned the energy stocks or the energy sector. Um, and that really is what's shining these days, isn't it? Oh, it is. No question. And, and we all know we're paying more at the gas pump. And I'll tell you what, you know, ExxonMobil, that, that's another position that I own. I own it for my clients. Uh, Chevron is another one. We all know those. They pay great dividends. We know we're paying so much more at the gas pump. I, one of my things that I like to do is when I realize, you know, that I'm, when, I see, when I see what when we see what's happening, I want to try to profit off of it, too. If I've got to pay, you know, Exxon or Chevron more to fill up at the pump, I want to try to make some make some money off of the profits that they're seeing as well. And and so the whole oil and gas space has, has done phenomenally well. Uh, it is very volatile to bear in mind, um, you know, and those stocks have done extremely well. It's one of the few sectors that is positive for the year. The other ones are like metals, uh, you know, minerals, um, you know, resource companies. And, and part of this is because of inflation. Um, these things, these types of companies typically do well in periods of inflation. Um, and also because of what's happening in Ukraine with the Russia invasion, you know, uh, everyone might know by now or has heard by now that Russia and Ukraine are two of the biggest producers of a lot of things that we use in our products, for instance, wheat, which I think is one of the reasons we're seeing food inflation is because of these, these resources that typically come out of Ukraine and Russia are, are they're not coming anymore, right? Because of the war and, and they, they, all their infrastructure for delivering these things has been destroyed. And so I think that's part of the reason we're seeing food inflation. Uh, and then also they're, they're big exports. You know, Russia is one of the biggest exporters of oil and gas. And, and so if you look at the price of natural gas, it's gone up even more than oil. And, and so uh, we don't know how long those trends are going to last. But for right now, it does look like the energy sector is going to continue to do well. Uh, so that is where I would definitely have some money. But again, you want to be diversified to, uh, to maintain uh, your proper risk file and make sure you're not taking on more risk than you should. So, Kevin, I was reading a, a, a piece on, uh, again, gas prices, oil, you know, and the, the, the story led me to believe that it's not so much that the petroleum companies, the Exxon or the, you know, whatever, they're not the ones that are overcharging or gouging. It's the refineries that are overcharging. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of steps along the way, and and I've I've read some of those same reports, um, you, you know, and the the fact of the matter is at the pump people are feeling the pinch. No well, that's for sure. I, you know, it's the highest we paid, and and unfortunately, you know, these are called some of the worst. You know, they call some people refer to it as an inflation tax, um, and it's really because if you think about it, the people on the low on the lower end of the income scale, the bottom twenty five or thirty percent you know, typically report that they live paycheck to paycheck. And if, if a person is living paycheck to paycheck and now, you know, they used to spend, I don't know, 50 bucks a week in gas and now they're spending 100, 
uh, chances are they don't have the money that they, you know, they don't have that discretionary money. They don't have the extra money. They might not even be able to make ends meet. And I am seeing some of that coming through in credit card receipts. Credit card balances for cust- for consumers are going are jumping to some of the highest levels we've seen in quite some time. And so I think a lot of people that are racking on debt now uh, to try to keep going and, and do their revenge travel or whatever they want to call it. Um, which, by the way, I, I you know if 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 money is tight, the last thing you should be doing is taking a vacation, in my opinion. Um, you, you know, and regardless of whether you've been locked up for the last two years because of COVID, so I know people want to get out. But maybe, maybe you just go for a weekend local, you know, in some place, you know, in town, local, you know, maybe go to a local hotel or something. You know, this would, what back in uh, years ago, they were calling it a staycation, I think. Sure, and, I remember. Uh, you know, so instead of, you know, hopping on a flight, because we all know how expensive flights are these days, yes. um, you know, maybe just stay local. Right. So I do think that that is pinching the consumer. And, the re- and that's the reason why I do think there's a good chance we are headed for a recession. I am in the recession camp. Um I simply can't see how something, you know, like the consumer is between 65 and 70% of our economy. It's a consumer driven economy. And so if a, a big chunk of those consumers are feeling pinched now because of inflation, I don't see how that is not going to slow down our economy. And, and so, but I think the reality is as far as stock market and investing goes, guys, we've already seen a, we've seen a correction. We might have another eight, 10, 12% down. Again, no, nobody knows, like we talked about earlier. Nobody can pick the, the day-to-day um, or the short-term moves. But I do believe that if you look out 12 months or 24 months, maybe three years, the markets will be higher. And so that's why I'm suggesting, you know, if you've got money on the side, maybe do a little bit of buying now. Keep some dry powder so that if the markets do go back down again in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you can take advantage of those lower prices. That's how you can be, be successful investing um, I think taking putting everything in all at once is a mistake that I think a lot of people make. Sure. So, I mean, again, as we start to look at things, as you start to look at things, and and uh, we're talking about not running out of money, um, <laughs> obviously, like you said, people want to go on vacation, but you could find yourself spending more money than you should, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. And um, life expectancy is another area that, uh, you know, we don't really think about, but it does factor in, doesn't it? It, oh, no question. And, and you know something, Steve, we've talked about before, uh, you know, when we first sit down with somebody and we're talking about, you know, in a lot of cases, maybe doing an income plan and figuring out where they're going to get their income from in retirement. Uh, and we're going through the assets, liabilities, the balance sheet, as I talked about, and then, you know, income and expenses. Uh, one of the first assumptions that a planner or a, a financial advisor has to make is life expectancy, because we have to figure out how long the money is going to last, right? Yes. The only way you can do that is by is by estimating or guessing, however you want to call it, uh, the life expectancy. And so I usually start off asking folks, you know, about their parents, how long their parents live, their siblings, things like that. And obviously it's not an exact science. None of us know. Uh, but I typically, when I'm doing a plan, I, tip, I will start off usually recommending we plan for like age 95 because I'm looking at probabilities and I want to, I want to do everything I can to make sure, you know, that we don't underestimate somebody's life. But I do have a lot of people, they'll lean back in their chair, they laugh at me, and they're, they're like, there's no way I'm going to live to 95. And, and so, so that's something that obviously we have to factor in. If we think you're going to live to 95 versus 85, obviously it takes a lot more assets, a lot more money in order to accomplish that. So if we underestimate somebody's life expectancy, that can be devastating. You could be looking at running out of money when you're in your late 80s, early 90s. And I, and I can't imagine a worse scenario. And so the other things we do have to estimate, though, and I've suggested before on the show uh, that if you guys did a plan, you know, a few years ago with your advisor, 
and you estimated this year we're seeing eight, eight and a half, nine, ten percent, depending on where you look. Okay, so chances are those estimates might be too low. We also estimate a rate of return. When you do your plan, you have to estimate a rate of return. It could be five, six, seven percent. I usually wouldn't go higher than that. I, I, I like five or six percent personally. Um, but again, the markets are down, right? So we've got higher inflation than we probably modeled. We've got lower rate of return than we modeled. Okay, so that means you might want to take a look at that plan. Make sure you're on track. Take a look to see if we should make any adjustments and see where those adjustments put you. Because if you're still working, it might affect your retirement date. All right. The, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And, uh, you know, one of the things, too, is um, we, want, we want income, obviously, in retirement. That's one of the keys, obviously. But one of the ways to get that income, uh, no matter what the market's doing, is uh, getting into the right annuity. It, it is. It is. And, and you know what? That is something. And, and that's one of those words that, uh, um, you know, that I mentioned in my book, actually. See, see mentioned earlier the book. I, I happen to be a co-author you know, of a book on long-term care. And one of the chapters, I talk a little about investments. And I talk about it. I say annuity is not a bad word. You know, it is not a it's not a four letter word. It's not it's not one of George, George Carlin's. What was it? Seven words. Seven you can't words. Say on the radio. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's not one. of It is not one of those words. But, you know, the funny thing is that it it is a word that typically when you bring it up, people have, they, they typically have, it's like a black and white reaction. I mean, either they've got an idea that they're bad and they just want to say, no, I'm not interested in those. Uh, or they say, you know what? Yeah, I've got some friends or family. I know some folks that liked them, but you know, tell, tell me about them. I'd be happy to hear about them. But there's not a lot of folks that are in the middle. And I think it's because the media, there's a lot of writers out there. There's a lot of companies um, that only do brokerage business and their business is selling stocks and bonds. Uh, that's how they get paid. And they tell everybody why in the world put money into an annuity. And, and my question is, well, you know, do you guys really believe that? Or if you had your insurance license, would you recommend an annuity? Because then you could get paid for it. And, and so I also see the insurance and annuity guys saying don't touch stocks. And, and I believe it's because this is how they make their living. They don't get paid for somebody to put money in the stock market if all they do is, is sell insurance or annuities. So my point to anybody listening is that whenever you're talking to somebody, ask them what licenses they hold so you know that they can talk to you and suggest what's the best product, what's the best investment for you based on your situation. You know, I, I had somebody uh, uh, ask me, they say, well, why do I recommend annuities? I said, well, if somebody wants a guarantee that they can't lose money in the market, but they want, they want more upside, they want to try for upside, how am I going to do that if it's not an annuity? There's nothing else out there, guys. The only way that legally I could recommend or anybody could recommend uh, something with guarantees is we've got to have a contractual guarantee. The only way that I know of to do that is through an annuity contract. And I'll tell you what, the better, the better ones, I like the index annuities. Um, I'm not a fan of variable annuities. Those are the ones that usually have the high fees. Uh, index annuities that will increase in value based on an index going higher. So think of like the S&P 500 index. So when it goes higher, you make money. But if it goes lower, guess what? You don't lose a dime. You can't lose any money because of the market dropping. So you know what, guys? Anybody that's in the market right now in the S&P 500, if you bought it at the high, you're sitting on a 20% loss roughly. But if you put that money into an index annuity, you haven't lost a penny. You haven't lost a penny, not due to the market going down. And so those are something that I think, uh, I, I believe has a place in a lot of portfolios. I think of it as a different asset class because it performs differently than your stocks or your bonds or your other investments. And to me, that's what you want. You shouldn't have a portfolio where everything is going up, just like you shouldn't have one where everything is going down. 
There should be positions that are going in opposite directions. That's that's the whole point of diversification. If everything is you know going to the same side of the boat every time, I don't think you've really got the diversification you need. And so to me, index annuities are a good piece of a portfolio for anybody that wants to take some of the money that they have and they say, Kevin, I don't want to lose a dime from this money. What can we do that I can grow it, but I don't take a chance on losing any of this money? And I think an annuity, a good index annuity, is something to take a look at. Uh, and I want to point out, guys, 80% of what's out on the market, I would not recommend and I wouldn't touch it. The top 15 or 20% of things that are out there, those are attractive. And those in the last 10 years, you could have made 7 or 8% returns annually without any risk of a loss from a good index annuity policy if you had it for the last 10 years. Wow. And, and so I think those are very good returns when you consider the fact that you don't have risk of a market loss. Well, and so that said, the and I like this that the 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 indexed annuity goes like you said. If it if the market drops, we don't lose any money. So there's there's a there's a base, right? And so yeah, then I, and yeah, you, get to, you get yeah. to take and you get to take advantage of some of the, the gains. I mean, it's not a hundred percent of the gains, but some of them. And that's right. But so let's let's run this scenario. The market's down right now. I have an annuity. I haven't lost any money. But when the market starts to go back up. I start where I, I start where that starts, right? Yes, and you know what? It's going to be tied to your it's going to be tied to your anniversary to your anniversary date. Uh-huh. You know, there's, okay. Th- there's something in the policies that that that's called a reset. Uh, I like them annually that are annually reset. And what that means is, let's say you put money in a year ago um, and the markets were higher, you haven't lost a penny, um, and and now if your you hit your anniversary date, it resets. So now. Um, as opposed to like if you own the index, you got to make another 20, 25% to get back to break even. If you've got a reset, if your policy reset, and now the S&P is at 4,000, it goes back to you know, 4,800, you, you've seen a 20% move and you will profit from it. You won't make all the 20%, you might make 10, right? Maybe you make half the gain. Uh, but that's why I can show you, per- depending on periods of time, I can show you index annuities that would pay you 40 or 50% of the gains, roughly half the gains, right? None of the losses. And I can show you periods of time where you'd have made more money in the index annuity than you did in the index itself. Meaning- Oh uh, my gosh, up, really? Yeah, straight straight up 100%. I would challenge anybody. Please give me a call. Ask me for proof. I would love to show it to you. 800-975-6717. Yes. And guys, guys it's totally, it's total, one, one thing, you know, I'm, I'm not a politician. I don't lie for a living. Okay. I tell, I tell the truth, whether, whether it's good or bad. Um, I'm, I'm a, I, I think of myself as a direct person. I don't like to beat around the bush. I don't BS and I don't lie. And I'm happy to show you information and, and show you the documents that support anything I've said on any of my shows. I have, I have all the documentation to support it. And, and I hope you take me up on that. Index annuities are something that can be a very valuable asset for a lot of people. They're a conservative product. They're never going to outperform the market. They're not designed to. They're designed to keep you safe, to keep that money safe so you can't lose it, all right? And, and so what I like to do is I like to break up a portfolio. I like to put some of it into some safe money products like annuities. I like to put other into you know stocks and bonds in the market. And then if a person is looking for income, there's other things. You know, annuities can be great sources of income too. One of the nice things about them is that it is the only account that even if it goes to zero, it'll keep on paying you that monthly income. No other account will do that. So these are best for people that have long life expectancy in their family. 
because this account, you know, it could run out of money when you're 85. And if you live to 95, it'll keep paying you for an extra 10 years, even though that account is zero. Wow. And no other account will do that. Right. Well, again, these are conversations that, that you can have, folks, and, and Kevin, obviously, quite knowledgeable about uh, all of them. And so, yeah, give him a call, 800-975-6717. Better yet, visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. You get some insight there, Kevin, in terms of what you know what you think and, and how you feel things are going. I, I like those kinds of comments and, and blog posts, if you will, that you put out there. Oh, thank, thank you for that, Steve. You know, guys, by all means, please check out the website. It's silverleaffinancial.com. We try to keep it fresh. We put up new articles, new blogs, new videos. We've got all of the podcasts. Uh, I should say all the po- all the recent podcasts on, on there. I believe I still have everything up there from, you know, all of this year, for instance, and we do one show a week. So those, those are out there. So you can go take a look, listen to a show at your convenience, at your home 24-7, and you can get an idea of whether or not we'd be a good fit. That's why I really like to do them. Uh, to see if we're a good fit, and also to see, you know, you can go back and look at a show from January when I recommended Zim, let's say, at 56. Yes. Um, Z-I-M, and you can see how it's performed. Which it's done very well, all right? But you can see how have my recommendations turned out. That's why I put those out there. So please take a look. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, feel free to ask me any questions. So, I mean, how do we? How do you want to leave the week? I mean, it's things have been really just crazy and makes people uneasy what can you tell us to just say you know stay the course or what, what do you think you know what I, I i like to, i like to look at history and i would say to stay the course um that well the, the first question is making sure we've got you have know, got the right allocation you don't have more in the market than you should sure so like i talked about earlier you know if you're losing sleep or you're checking your account balance frequently then that's a good sign you might have too much exposure to stocks in that case you might want to lighten up a little bit but if that's not the case all right. If you've got a longer term perspective, guys, you should have out your shopping list of, your, of companies that you want to pick up at cheap prices. Like I mentioned, NVIDIA below 170, AMD below 100. I think those are I think those are great picks, but they're volatile. They're tech stocks. Um, so but look at history. History shows us that markets have always had these corrections. An average year markets are down 17 percent. Take those corrections as an opportunity to add to your quality holdings. And over time, I'm sure you'll be very happy that you did. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? 
That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. 